0: Uh, they're, they're excited to play hockey. They, we, we want them to identify with opportunity, not fear of failure and uh, doubt. And you know how, I mean, sports media, life, there's, there's always people planting negative seeds and doubt. You know, if you, if you bite on those, it can take you right off your, your, your focus. But uh, our guys get excited for opportunity. We've tried to identify with that. And, and let that be the most powerful influence.
1: Sabres head coach Don Granado. have a few answers for you here. The Sabres win tomorrow against Carolina. Carolina plays tonight, by the way, against... I had it here. They play tonight against the Kings at home. Then they're here tomorrow, and tomorrow is a TNT game.
0: Ah, that's why it's a 7.30. Start.
1: TNT, 7.30. If the Sabres win, they will be in a playoff spot. They would need to win. Number 1 on the rankings in the NHL standings is point percentage. I didn't look up general tiebreaker because I was kind of like when we asked Don Granado about being in a playoff spot. He said the only way you can be in a playoff spot is if you are after 82 <laughs> games, which is, of course, a very good answer. Yes. I like that answer. And I didn't bother looking up because I thought, well, in season, and I don't know why I thought it would be different. Anyway, if the Sabres win in regulation, they would jump the Penguins. If they get one point, they would stay behind the Penguins just on point percentage because Pittsburgh would have a game in hand. They could chase down Washington. Right. And if they did chase down Washington, the Sabres, and finish seventh, which is not crazy, they're two back of Washington with three in hand. Yep. That would mean Carolina in the first round. So, tomorrow night, playoff preview. And revenge series. Finally getting from the 06. Seven, really, Okay. Yeah. I going to say... been waiting a uh, long time
0: for this one. Isn't it... Like, aren't they on some crazy drought in terms of the last time they won in Raleigh?
1: Oh, that's a... I don't know about I that. I feel like
0: that's one of those buildings they... Carolina, Tampa, they went through one in... Well, Western Conference ones are not the same. Like, they just won in St. Louis for the first time since 2009. But it was probably less than 10 visits. But I think... I don't know. It feels like they haven't won very much in Carolina over the years. Ooh,
1: they have one win in Carolina since 2016. Yeah, it's
0: not a lot. Um, Hey, the one thing that's true is to keep, you know, Washington, there's two things to keep in mind about Washington. Uh, actually, there's one. The Sabres do have a better points percentage than the Capitals, and they do have three games in hand. And I was just checking the schedule. We're doing things. I'm sorry. I, have to, I haven't done this in 10 years. I have to brush up on all this stuff again. Uh Washington, Sabres have three games in hand, right? So the Sabres play tomorrow against Carolina. The Caps play tonight in Columbus. They should win. Everybody beats Columbus. Because Columbus is the worst team in the league. And then the Caps are on the same schedule the Sabres have. The Caps have everybody's got the All-Star break. But then come out of the All-Star break, the Sabres are on their bye. So are the Caps. Caps don't play again until February eleventh. Sabres don't play again until February eleventh. So that three games in hand thing will not change. They will still have three games in hand on Washington coming out of their break when they play Calgary on February 11th. So, you know, you're at worst you'd be 4 points back of the Capitals with 3 games in hand coming out of the break. Um because Washington should probably beat Columbus tomorrow night. Or the, tonight, I'm sorry.
1: The Bo Horvat trade, so the Islanders trade for Bo Horvat. They're just behind the Sabers. Yep. He's a great player, no doubt about it. The first round draft pick this year is top 12 lottery protected. Right. So if the Islanders miss the playoffs and move into the top 12 in any way, then they would keep the pick and it would go to next year where it is
0: unprotected. Correct. Correct. You Look, I think it's a nice pickup. The Islanders need offensive help. They need somebody. And this kid, I can say kid, right? He's still much younger than me. This guy's having a career year. You know, his goals, explo- well, really exploded last year. He had a career-high 31 in 70 games. He's at 31 now. So he helps their goal-scoring. He'll help their power play. He'll help them down the middle of the ice. I think it's a, you know, Bavillier? Okay, whatever. I don't know enough about the other guy they gave up, and you just went through the first-round pick. So it it can amount to be a rental because Horvat is unrestricted, but they need desperately help. On offense, they need to score more goals. And I think it's a good trade for the Islanders if you know, you're trying to beat out Sabres, the Penguins, Caps. They needed to add a guy like that. Vancouver, of course, doesn't mind parting since they're transitioning over in Vancouver. So I like the trade from the Islanders' standpoint.
1: It's probably only a good trade if you're going to sign them, though. But, but, I mean, the, a the, rental the thing you'd
0: give, it's the first-round pick. You'd basically be it, losing it, a first-round pick for a rental. Potentially an unprotected first-round pick. Maybe Lamorello's confident he can sign him. I have no idea. Uh, you know, maybe he had a conversation with Horvat's agent before mm-hmm. they finalized the trade. Do you which think I think would be illegal? But whatever.
1: Does it? Well, the Canucks would give permission. Yeah. Do you have any sort of Kevin Adams sees this and should react scenario? No. no. Not any more aggressively than before.
0: No. Yeah. Kevin Adams should do it. And I'm I'm Kevin Adams can and will with my blessing make the team better, but not because oh my god the Islanders got Bo Horvat. Okay, whatever. I mean, I think it's a nice addition for the Islanders, but I don't think the, the Sabres GM all of it's, a sudden has to ratchet up the uh, you know the calls to other GMs because New York made a move. Yeah, I don't know. It comes
1: down to if they could sign him, and the Islanders might not know, and the Sabres might not know. Be interested to know what the exact price would have been for Horvat to come here. Mm-hmm. And if you would, if you could know they could sign him, then the price would be worth it. I'd be willing. To- Unprotected first round pick. Let let's let's just throw that out there. The exact same draft picks the Islanders just gave up, which is it's only one first. This year, if it's in the top twelve, they get to keep it. Mm-hmm. Are the Sabres picking in the top twelve?
0: Not at this rate.
1: At this rate, they will not be. Right. So I would give up a mid first round yeah, pick fine. if I knew I'm keeping Horvat. And next year, unprotected, do the Sabres. Strike you as a team that next year They're not supposed to be has that to worry about a, a draft pick being unprotected?
0: No. We're all going to expect, if they don't make it this year, we're all going to... I am. They're going to be in the playoffs next year. They should continue to... They They're have... Going up. Right. A lot of
1: teams like to just say, everything's going great, they can only get better, but the Sabres really do look like a team that is consistently on the upswing. Mm-hmm. There was a piece yesterday, Down Goes, Down Goes Brown, Sean McIndoe wrote about getting America to root for the Sabres, and his point was... It's been a long time. Five of the things. Been a long time. Their fans have been through a lot. And <laughs> now's the time because they're about to be good probably for a long time. So get on the bandwagon now while you can before they're annoying. <laughs> that was, really?
0: It's kind before, of the, I feel like we're a long ways of the way to get to the annoying standpoint. Well, have the Sabres ever been annoying? Maybe they angered people with tanking. Yeah. I um you know, yeah. Get there now and They're identifying their young core pieces, and they're putting them into long-term contracts. I
1: I wonder how willing they are. This goes for a Horvat deal, and this goes for Timo Meyer as well. Are they willing to just bring in somebody from the outside? I brought this up with Paul. Paul,
0: yeah, yeah, right.
1: Are they just willing to say, yeah, hey, guys, uh, this is Bo. He now makes $9 million. Mm -hmm. That should be how things work. Yes. But – There had been Sabres teams in the past where we heard that that was a problem. Uh Somebody came in from the outside. Maybe that's the Lano deal, the Airhoff deal. Whatever. Right. I don't know. It's it's the kind of thing that I sometimes wonder, especially with young teams. Are they willing to just, hey, he hasn't been here, through it with us, but we we know the kind of guy he is. We feel good about that money going to him.
0: I would say yes. I would say also that as much as we've heard from the coach and the GM. About how they've put together the roster and the culture and the characteristics and the personalities, and that they just want to win, and all that, then you'd like to believe there wouldn't be resentment in the room if Timo Meyer comes in and shortly thereafter is made the highest paid player on the Sabres, and the Sabres are looking around going, hey, wow, we're a much better hockey team now. Yeah. And he I would, would only... like to believe there would not be resentment on the contract. And
1: he wouldn't be the highest paid player for the duration of his contract, he'll be passed. Yeah, well Dalin will pass him. him. Although he's not an all star. So I I don't don't understand. You're talking about giving a ten million dollar contract out to a guy that's not even an all star?
0: In what world is Roger Saffold going (laughs) to a Pro Bowl and that Rasmus Dalin is not an all star? Well, another thing which I didn't realize you and Joe were texting each other, right? We got a group I got a group there are no defensemen on the Atlantic division roster in the All Star game. I mean, it's not the end of the world. It's an all-star game. Who cares? No, Nobody's playing defense, but isn't that kind of odd? There's not a single defenseman in the division worthy it, of being in the all-star game. It's wild. Not
1: one. The NHL wants to make sure that every team has a player, but not that every position is represented.
0: Let, let alone, there are obviously quality defensemen in the division who are yes. worthy of an all-star. Bro. Yes, Rasmus Thalin, of Him course. Him being one, just one. to be close to home. Sure.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm sure Gary Bettman says that the fans love it, right? Our fans love that there are no defensemen in this All-Star game.
0: Yeah. It's the number of times... I, I know... We're, I'm sorry, we got to get the break. Does he actually talk to fans? Do you think he actually talks to fans? And, and I'm not sure how many commissioners do. It's a, it's a... I'm going to answer my own question. No, I don't think so. Like, how many times commissioners, and him in particular, he does that a lot. He, he will... Oftentimes tell reporters, answering a question where you bring up something that really isn't a good idea for the NHL, playoff format, whatever the case may be, many times you will say, Well, you know, our fans love it. Where is he getting that info from? His script. It's like the commissioner we goes to other buildings. Does he sit and talk to fans? Hey, hey, Joe there in section one oh five. Does he just walk down to section one oh five and go, show of hands, who likes our playoff format right now? He just says, you know, our fans love it. Based on what? Is Batman getting tweets from hockey fans that Go, hey, I love the fact that you're going to play two of the top teams in the league are going to face each other in the first round of your playoffs because you people wanted division rivalries in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure he talks to fans.
1: Yeah, by the end of the season, it's possible that, I mean, Toronto is in third in the league. Tampa's in sixth, but with games in hand. Yeah. You could have the third and fifth best team playing in the first yeah, round of the playoffs. It's just dumb.
0: You know, it, it, I, I, you and I were discussing this in the break. I'm going to say something nice about the Leafs. They are They have been continually screwed by this playoff format. Yep. If there is one team more than anybody else in the entire National Hockey League that has a bone to pick, with this whole we can't get past the first round, <laughs> it's the Toronto Maple Leafs. This playoff format is screwing Toronto. Well, if the playoffs
1: started today, let me give you something that if you like laughing at Leafs fans... Even though you feel bad for them, you still want to do it? Yeah. Seattle's got a really good look at getting out of the first round. Which,
0: by the way, I'm good with laughing at Leafs fans sure, even though sure. they're getting screwed. So, the Seattle. Le-
1: the Leafs, as the three overall, would play Tampa as the six overall. Seattle is eighth, and they would play the
0: twelve. If Toronto was in the Metropolitan, at some point, they would have gotten past the first round. Yes. They're stuck in the division with Tampa, Boston, and now even Florida. Well, last season, Florida. You
1: know, it's really going to be... Bad for them when they're stuck in the division with the Sabers.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. Three years from now, right? Like, of course, that the year they was it the pandemic year. And there was a game. There was a series with like Columbus or Montreal. Somebody they haven't just played Tampa and Boston. No, that's every right. Year.
1: They lost to Montreal that year,
0: and they lost to Washington years ago. But I'm just saying, they they're getting screwed. They, they are getting screwed because they are playing higher seeded teams than they should be playing in the first round, based on their record. But that's well, but the fans love it. So what do I know? 803 550 to join us. WGR. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You over here! Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch